0: Good evening. How is everyone? I'm just uh, finding the book of Jonah in my Bible, as that's what we're going to look at this evening. The book of Jonah. It's not a very big book. And for those of you who know the story of Jonah and the whale, which would be most people, um, you may not also be aware that. He's one of these prophets who we've been looking at these last few weeks. And uh, yeah, so what we've been doing on a Sunday evening is taking a little walk through the Bible, um, but for for a reason, and the reason is that people do have trouble reading the Bible. And one of the things I'll say to you tonight will be another reason why people have trouble reading the Bible. And that's not because he was swallowed by a, a, a whale or a fish and you think that's impossible. That's not really anything to be concerned about. Um, but what I have tried to do is say, look, the Bible is, is not just one book, it's 66 books. I've tried to say that when you open it, it's, it's a massive book, depending on where you open it and start reading it can be completely connected to the next verse or separated from the next book. And, y- y- you know, you reading, often read things, don't understand them, don't know what they mean, might not even agree with some of the things that you read. And the purpose of the Sunday night thing is to say, okay, let's give you an overview of what the whole Bible is about, but also an overview of each individual book. So if you did open it, at any of these books, perhaps one of the things you could do is, is go on, online or go into the podcast and try and find the night that we spoke about the book that you're reading, and it will only be a 20-minute um, look at that book and what it means, so that when you read a verse out of that book, there's a context to that verse that you're reading. So Jonah being one of these uh, prophets um, is what we're going to look at tonight. But let's not forget the three themes that have been running with us all through as we read um, through the Bible. And that is, uh, the first theme is the whole Bible, not just Jonah, but every book of the Bible, is about the history and the journey of humanity, where we come from, how we developed, where we are and where we're going. And we see that um, in light of two things one, those uh, people of humanity who stay in relationship with God and have a connection with God, and what happens to humanity that does that, but also there's this journey of humanity that is separated from God in that garden experience where they act independently of God, they rebel against God, they disobey God, whatever term you want to use, but they then set humanity on a course Of existence and life that's separated from him and so we see as we read through the books the various degrees of wickedness and evil and I'm not saying that that's all humanity is um, certainly there is a lot of good in humanity too but we, we can't help but notice even in our world today that's not gone away the wickedness has not gone away the evil has not gone away the corruption has not gone away you might even think it's worse or better. I don't know what you think. All I'm saying is the Bible has never pre- presented anything that's not, we can't look at and see in our own world and society today. It's told us this is what life will be like. So it's the history of humanity. It's also the history of God. Um, but as I always say, not one person could ever tell us who God is, what he's like, all his character all his heart. It's impossible. It's just too big for one human to be able to do that. So hence we have these many, many uh, writers over thousands of years who have given us a glimpse of God as they encountered him. And that for me is, I guess, what I still think today. It's that God wants us to encounter him. Jesus said these words, he says, to Philip, one of his followers who was asking about the Father, how do we get to know God the Father? And he said, Philip, you've been with me. You've been with me, Jesus. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So there's there's a real, uh, when we get to the New Testament, there's a real um, sort of expanding of not just what God is like, character in individual stories, but we get to see it in a person, and that person is Jesus. So there's the two themes that run through but there's a third theme and the third theme is the reconnecting of humanity with God it's always been his plan that's what's probably going to come up even in the story of Jonah tonight that somehow God no matter how far we've gone still wants this reconnection with him and what happens when people do reconnect with him we see that over and over and over again life peace joy health freedom um so many things happen to people uh when they turn to god but god had a plan not just lots of plans he had a plan and that plan was again as i've mentioned his name was found in jesus but there's a reason for it and i'm probably going to get more into that as we get nearer to uh the new testament Because what we seem to have in the Old Testament is a view of reality presented to us, of a a nation called Israel as God's people, and then all the other nations in the world, which the New Testament calls them Gentiles, which we would come under that sort of terminology as not God's people. So Israel, God's people, Gentiles, not God's people, and It seems to present that picture in the Old Testament, the separation of God's people, not God's people. But in the New Testament, we are clearly shown that God doesn't want that division anymore. He wants the whole world to be part of his family, part of, in relationship with him. And the only way he could do that, bring the two, because even Israel themselves, they've gone away from him, which is why we've been reading that they got into captivity they lost the land and everything he wanted to draw them back but his heart was not just to draw them back to himself but to draw us to to himself so that's what we see in the new testament it's mentioned in the old testament um but the bigger uh, picture and the vast majority is this israel and their enemies israel and gentiles so you know, that's when you're reading, you need to just know those few things. And there's one other thing when you're reading the Bible. It's not like any other book that you read. It's not a novel, or a biography, um, fantasy. You might think it is sometimes. Um, it's actually a spiritual book. What do I mean by spiritual book? Well, it keeps talking about things of what I call the unseen realm. For example, God himself, you know, we don't see him. Um, but yeah, it, the Old Testament and the New Testament speaks about angels and demons and Satan and it doesn't, it doesn't hide away that the, the culture of the Bible is not just a physical realm book speaking about physical, it does speak about what goes on in the physical realm but it always speaks about there's something going on behind the scenes in the unseen realm. And that gets more clear for us in the New Testament, too. So, yeah, keep mentioning the New Testament, but anyway, you'll just have to wait till we get there. The book of Jonah. So he- here we go. Um, we actually first meet Jonah in the book of Two Kings. Um, Two Kings chapter 14, verse 25. Where we get him alluding to, and this is going to be a problem when it comes to what happens <laughs> to him in the book of Jonah, him prophesying about the destruction of Assyria, which Nineveh is one of the cities of, of that place. So we find about him mentioned in, uh, he, he was one of the prophets to what we call the northern kingdom. And this is where I'm trying to say to you, the Bible's really difficult if you're trying to read it as a sequential you know, date-driven or, you know, event-driven book because he's speaking to the northern kingdom. We've mentioned last week people speaking, prophets speaking before the kingdom had been split up to the northern and the southern kingdom. So as we start reading these books of the Bible, we're all over the place in terms of history and uh, timing of events. So, you know, don't think when you've opened the Bible to read it you're reading uh, of exactly the time of history that that book was probably written in. It's probably way, way before or even way after what you think it is. So that's just a by-the-by for those who are kind of a bit more trying to work out when things happened. Um, the summary of the book, again, this is because it's a story everyone knows. I'm only going to say this briefly. Uh, it's one of the mo- well, most well-known Bible stories. Jonah is uh, a narrative about God's compassion for some hated Gentiles by way of a Hebrew prophet who wanted nothing to do with them. The reluctant prophet, Jonah, is commanded to go and preach to the Ninevites, Israel's sworn enemies, so the destruction might not fall upon the Ninevites. Jonah would love nothing more than to see Nineveh destroyed, but he knows that God is compassionate and will forgive if they repent therefore he runs in the opposite direction away from Nineveh God follows him into a ship until Jonah ends up being thrown overboard by the sailors swallowed by the great fish while in the belly of the fish he repents of his own disobedience and is delivered back onto the shore at which point he preaches against Nineveh's sin and commands them to repent they do in wholehearted fashion and God relents from destroying them the book ends though with Jonah waiting in vain for Nineveh to be destroyed bitter that God would show kindness to a people who are at war with his own people that sounds quite you know he's not a nice dude is he but let me explain a few things before we (laughs) make that kind of judgment what we see there is a theme running through the book of Jonah which is mercy God's compassion extends beyond what we would like, even to those we ourselves would show no mercy. God's sovereignty, God's plan will be carried out and cannot be avoided. And number three, the third theme, resentment. The book is a vivid portrait of what bitterness and resentment against other people and against God's plans can do to a person's soul, even the soul of God's own prophet. So what you have in the story of of Jonah, if you kind of um, take it as a big picture, rather than just getting lost in the little story that it's about, and and definitely not getting lost in the idea of being swallowed by a fish, although that's one of the references Jesus makes to him in the New Testament, says, as Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days, so the Son of Man will be in the ground for three days, so... He, he does get famously quoted by Jesus, which. So here, here we have the situation. Jonah is a prophet to uh, Israel. And I, I don't know if you get this, but I mean, if he's going to be somebody who's, who gets bitter at the end of it, I'm sure this other attitude, which I'm about to describe, would also be something that Jonah would feel. Most of the prophets get to prophesy that one day their sworn enemies and this is the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the you know, there's so many different, you know, the Philistines, you know, if a prophet can come along and say God's going to de- deal with them and destroy them and then God does it, man, just think of the status of that prophet and of course Jonah had been one of these who had spoken about the Assyrian, which is where Nineveh was part of, that they would get destroyed and so he, he's he's really... Wanting this to happen because then his name goes up in the sort of notches, uh, notches of you know you can trust this man he's a great prophet look you know blah blah blah, but God gives him a word to say go and speak to Nineveh and if they'll repent I'll forgive them, and it's like Jonah's going, what? You want me to go and preach there, knowing that you you whatever I'm going to say to them that they'll repent and be saved. And you, you want me to go down in, in history as the man who saved our enemies? I don't think so. <laughs> so so this, is, this is why he kind of runs away from this um, whole... It says in Jonah chapter 1, verse 1, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amitei. Go to that city, that great city Nineveh, and preach against it. And we know later that he says... Thirty days. If you don't repent in thirty days, God's destruction is going to come on this city. And um, but Jonah three verse verse Jonah one verse three says, but Jonah fled from the presence of the Lord. And um, it says that he went down to Tarshish, which is a a town. um, But the truth is, he doesn't actually get there. So he's heading towards Tarshish and he goes to a fishing village called Joppa to catch a boat to head towards Tarshish. So when we don't do uh, or or we're kind of in that place where we're not being where God wants us to be, we're not doing what God wants us to do, we we probably have some plan in our mind of where where we'd rather be, what we'd rather do, but you're not going to get there. But here's the point. And I, I love this, if, if you can hear what I'm saying here. He separates himself from the presence of the Lord. Did you hear what it said? But Jonah fled from the presence of the Lord. What happens when you decide to walk away, to do, do something opposite to what God wants? It says he went down to Joppa. So it's a downward journey you you've heard this thing about like having a downward spiral well just look he goes down to Joppa he gets on a boat and it says he goes down into the boat into the bottom of the boat then we know in the story there's a big storm and the people the the sailors you know not godly people not Jews not Israelites Gentiles not godly um they, they try to find out, why are, we having, why are we in the midst of this storm? So they cast lots to find out who's responsible for the storm. And the lot falls on Jonah. He's asleep in the bottom of the boat. Another one like Jesus, by the way. He did that. Um, and they call him up and he says, yeah, he says, I'm, I'm a prophet of, of uh, the God of Israel, the God who made the seas and everything. And they're kind of like, yeah, this is all happening because of me. Um, well, what have we got to do? In and, and Jonah says, you'll have to throw me overboard. <laughs> just like, I, th- I think he just still didn't really want to do the job, you know. Just kill me. I don't want to go. Didn't he never? But what happens, in fact, is the people, the sailors, even then, no matter how bad this storm is, and it's bad enough to have, you know, tried to find out what's the cause of it, they still try to row him to shore to save him. But they're getting nowhere, and they're all going to die. So they throw him overboard, and it says the. the The storm immediately ceases and they're pretty impressed by that i have to say but he is swallowed by the great fish and and if you read what it says it says that he begins to repent from the the bottom of the sea where it, it seems like he went floating down to the bottom of the sea got caught in the reeds and it's like if you read it it's almost like he dies there And that's why I think Jesus refers to this like that Jonah three days like in this death place and then he's brought back to life. And Jonah repents of his heart towards God, his heart towards doing the will of God and God restores him, brings him back and he goes through Nineveh and preaches to Nineveh this, uh, and I don't really want to say the wickedness that, that the Assyrians did, but you know, to, not not just to Israel, but to anybody who they attacked. It it was it was horrific. But we're not really going to talk about that. But but God goes to this place of people who are so wicked, so vile, and says to them, "You know what? If you'll repent, I'll forgive you." And the king, who's who's in the city, calls all the people and says, "You know what? We better repent," and they do, and God saves the city and what that spoke to me about really was that god is not how can i put this christians as well as the israelites can have this same attitude who on earth can god save could god ever save this family that family that place this situation that's it and our our level of faith is is just like it was with the, with the israelites the jews you know how could god ever save this nation what could god ever do what's the power of god to to change anything and all he needed all god needed was a willing vessel and his word being spoken so but also to the gentile nation to the nation remember i said at the beginning there was israel and their connection with god and they broke that but then there was the jews gentiles those also who came from adam who who never had that connection with God, that God was willing, still even in this story, to come to them and say, look, I have the power to draw you to myself. And they heard it and they wanted it. Just don't be surprised who God will call, who God will save, who God will bring to himself. Okay, that's that's it for um, the story of Jonah. Just two verses that uh, apply. That jo- Jonah 4 verse 2, I know you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness. That's the theme message that's through the book of Jonah, that Jonah himself uh, speaks about God. But like I've said before, it's one man, his experience of God revealing to us what he experiences God to be like at that time. There are hundreds of different experiences and encounters that people have with god in the old testament but that's not the verse that i would pick i would be picking that one that i've already quoted in jonah chapter one verse three i think it was Um, god says arise go to Nineveh, the great city cry out against it oh no and it's yeah and it is verse three sorry but jonah arose to flee to tarshish from the presence of the lord this this is a theme for me as a as a pastor of religious christian fellowship which i've had for the last 15 20 years that god wants us to know his presence to encounter his presence that the bible says in his presence is fullness of joy the bible says that times of refreshing are in the presence of the lord not in attending church there's nothing wrong with that we need to attend church those who haven't been, think about it. It would be good to see you, right? Um, but it's more important that, that when they come, they encounter the presence of God, not just encounter us and encounter stories and encounter, you know, projects or whatever, but they come and encounter God for themselves because it's in that encounter. But you see, this verse, Jonah 1, verse 3, says something extremely important. It said, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. So the word of the Lord for us today might be the Bible. It could still be dreams and visions because that's how God speaks. But they, the word of the Lord comes, but then it says, but Jonah fled from the presence of the Lord. So the word of the Lord and the presence of the Lord are the same thing. That's really important. So when, when you are reading your Bible, and some people will say this, they're reading their Bible and a verse jumps out of, at them. In other words, they go, oh, I've never read that before. That's really interesting. That spoke to me in my situation. That word was a comfort to me today, right? And they talk about the Bible like that. Like, the, like somehow the Bible has, you know, they've read it many times before, but today it means something to them. That's when it's presence and not just words in a book. When what you're reading touches your heart, speaks to you, the word is then presence. And and what Jonah was, he heard the word and knew, he knew immediately he heard the word that Nineveh would repent, that Nineveh would, would be saved. And so he knew that in this word, the presence was in it. So he didn't just run away. From the word i'm not going to take that word but he ran away from the presence of god and then we know what happens you'd start the downward spiral when you start to leave and walk away from god's presence so anyway be encouraged have a good evening get your flags out and uh, i'll see you hopefully cheering you know a few days time god bless you take care Bye bye